want to start off tonight with an illustration. Uh, the title of tonight's talk is Make It a Habit. Anybody taking notes? Let's make it a habit of, t- of taking notes. Let's do that. Put your notes out. The title of tonight's talk is Make It a Habit. Worship team, I need you back up here at 9.30. All right? All you guys just come up. You guys are awesome. I can't wait to cry again. So, so make it a habit. If you're here for the first time, I don't want to jump the gun. Any first time guessing here tonight, we love you. We thank you. I uh, just want to encourage you. The majority of the people here haven't been coming to church too long. Uh, we're kind of new to the faith, so we're just freaking out together. If you kind of thought that Christian karaoke moment earlier was a little awkward, um, you're not alone. We're all doing this together, and we believe that as we keep coming, as we keep worshiping, amazing things will happen in our life. Anybody believes that tonight? So if you're here, you don't believe in God, listen, welcome. You don't have to believe with us to belong with us. We love you. Keep coming. So I want to I just start with an illustration real quick. I, w- I want you to see this white piece of paper as a habit, and I'm going to need Alan to come up and be my mic stand for just a second. Please. You are the most handsome mic stand I've ever seen. I mean, look at the handle on you, boy. I'm just playing. Oh, God. Okay. Ow. Ow. I'm playing. Okay, so so this is a habit, right? This is a habit. Habits, what I believe, okay, I, I'm not going to talk too much because you're here. Okay, so here's a habit. I could have just done that. Here's a habit, right? So so this is easy to rip, right? So, so let's say you mess up one time or you do something good. There's no such thing as only bad habits. There's such thing as good habits too. And what I, what I hope tonight is that we leave with a little bit of inspiration to take choices and take decisions that lead towards good habits. Amen? Anybody here tonight? Somebody shout amen. amen. So you have a habit, and, and you kind of do it once, right? So you do it one time. It's only one layer of paper, and, and the next day you don't want to do it. You just rip the, ha- the habit in half, right? So I'm not going to do it no more. You rip it. But, but now here's a habit that you continue to do. So you do it two times, right? And every time you do it, you're, you're folding, and I can still rip this, but it's not as easy as this was. And then here's two months in that thing. It's a habit. And then let's go a year in this thing. I mean, some of you guys have been having the same habit since you were 16. I'm just going to fold that one more time. Come on. And then this is where we're at right now. We're going to turn 30 and 40 and 50 one day, and then this thing just gets tighter and tighter. Thank you, Alan. And you wonder why you're 60 and you're addicted to so many things. And we wonder why we're 70. We say, God, God, I'm going to serve you better when I'm 80. But you have all these addictions and habits that you cannot rip because it's been over and over. I want to talk tonight about habits because I believe that a lot of us have upward thinking with downward habits. A lot of us come to church with upward, Lord, I want to be the best Christian I could be. Lord, I want to be the best believer I can be. Lord, I want to be the loudest worshiper in the room. Lord, I want to have so much faith on Monday that I just walk into Starbucks. Come on, and I just touch the coffee beans. And everyone who drinks coffee that day will be healed because you're with me, Lord. Come on, we have all these uphill thoughts, but we have downhill battles. Downhill struggles, downhill habits. And isn't it funny that we can sometimes ask God to deliver us from something that we put ourselves in? You see, God does open and close doors. We learned that a couple of weeks ago. So who's, who's remember, who remembers the sorrow closed sermon? Come on, God closes doors sometimes. And we got to thank God for the closed doors. God does do that sometimes, but sometimes we lead ourselves into closed doors. 
into dark circles, into dark rooms. And we even wonder, is there a God that can love me even though I'm this ugly? Is there a God that really loves me if he let me get to this place? But I want to encourage you tonight. Listen, we cannot approach God unaware of the habits that are built in our life. And so what I want to do tonight is pitch you an idea to make it a habit. Make it a habit. I want to read, I want to read you kind of a verse that kind of is like wrapped around tonight. And it's in 1 Kings. A little bit of context before we read. A little bit of context. So it's a parable. Parables are kind of stories with like a, a, a heavenly or a, a biblical teaching just tucked inside of it. Right? So, so there's a story of, of, of a soldier who was commanded by the king of Israel to, to take this prisoner and, and to have him on high guard. I want you to take this prisoner, put him in the cage, lock it up, and just stare at him until I come back. That is your one thing to do. That's the one thing God commanded you to do. More than anything you're about to do, I need you to be obedient and watch over this prisoner. So the soldier, he takes that responsibility, and let's see what happens. This is where we pick it up. Guard this man with your life, says the king of Israel. If he turns up missing... You already know what's going to happen. That's what the servant says. I got so busy doing one thing after another, and the next time I looked, the prisoner was gone. First Kings 2040 says, the king of Israel said, you've just pronounced your own verdict. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we can confuse being productive and think it's equal to being obedient? I can imagine the servant looking at the, 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 the king saying, but, but king, I, I, I was sharpening all the swords for war. Why are you, why are you giving me these consequences? But look, I know I have one thing to do, but Lord, I was still doing. Leader, this is for you. Lord, I know I have one thing to do, but I was just doing ministry so much I got caught up in the ins and outs. Lord, I know you have one thing for me to do. But I got all these things to do. I got all these habits I'm already doing. Lord, I know you're leading me to a life of prayer, but I got this whole busy schedule that I've been doing since 2015. Lord, I know what you want me to do, but I'm doing this, and I'm in this. Listen, friend, productivity isn't the same as being obedient. What comes out of you isn't the same as what, allows, as what you allow God to come through you through being obedient. God wants you to do something. And I would hate, that's my worst fear, to get to heaven and say, God, look at all I've done. And he said, but what would you do with Jesus? What would you do with the, with the son that I gave you? What would you do with what I told you to do? Multitasking isn't the same as being faithful. Lord, look at everything I'm doing. Look, look, but I called you to do one thing. And I told you to do one thing. I'm afraid of getting to a place where we're doing but not doing what we're supposed to. And, and the doing is a habit. We can get caught up so much times in the habits of life that we can literally miss what God wants to do in the moments. We can get so caught up in Mondays this, Tuesdays this, Wednesdays this, and we get so caught up just in the motions, in the patterns, in the rhythms of life, and we miss out completely on what God wants to do. I'm going to give you some staggering statistics. Anybody have a Netflix account? Eight of us, awesome. Everyone else just prays all day. I get it. I totally understand. Come on, who's a Netflix account? Anybody got a Netflix in here? Amen. There we go. <laughs> I'm not by myself. The average Netflix subscriber, the average five hours a week watching movies. 
I read that, and I was like, that's a lot. Could take two hours to find out which one to watch, and you add that on top. You add all those hours a week, every year, that's 10 days. Ooh, watch out. Every year, 10 days out of the year, we're watching Netflix. 10 days. If you add up five hours a week, you add that 50, 10 days a year, we're watching, TV, we're watching Netflix. I'm not talking about TV, I'm talking about Netflix. And then you add the hours that you're looking for something. I mean, I think it's double. Just sitting, watching, sitting and watching 10 days in a year. If you're 18 to 35, make some noise. For a little while, for like 18 to 25. How old am I? I'm 19 plus carry the one. If you're 18 to 35, you spent 3.8 hours a day on social media. That's almost four hours a day on social media. Guys, you know how you have 24 hours in a day? After social media, you're living every day on 20 hours. You don't have 24 hours. No, four hours are, are scraped, scraped off your life, social media. You got 24 hours tomorrow. No, you don't. You got 20. Swipe, tap, tap. Swipe, block. <laughs> swipe. Oh, gosh. This mic's cutting out. Uh, swipe, like. Swipe, comment. There you go. We're almost there, guys. Come on, we, we, four, four hours a day we're on social media. It's just, it, it's just a habit. It's just a habit. I'm not, damning things to, I'm not damning these things to hell. I'm not saying if you're doing these things, you're going, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we have these habits that take our time. Let's be aware of it. Average American, five hours a day is on TV. We just, we, this is what we just watch TV. You know what? That's something we just do. That's just a habit. It's compulsive. We just do it so much. Come on, we, so, uh, we, we, we eat. We eat when we're mad. We eat when we're sad. We eat when we're glad. <laughs> Welcome to Walmart. That's our new slogan. Eat when you're out playing. We just eat all the time. We just eat. What we do? We're going to go eat. I was so convicted. My friends came from Aruba. And when I went there, uh, my friends remember, I went there. I mean, every day was something crazy. We did like uh, ATV riding. We went to like a natural pool, parasailing. I mean, I mean, I'm like riding on donkeys. Just kidding. It was like riding in the desert. I mean, every day was this big excursion. Every single day. There were locals, so they knew the spots. You know what I mean? They know the spots. Took us all around. Awesome. Can't wait to go to Florida. They came through. What are we going to do? I said, we're going to eat. <laughs> like, we got Logans. We throw nuts all over the floor. They're like, what the heck? That's not even fun. You guys are gross. What else do you want to do? We can go to the movies. And after, go eat. I said, but Sunday, you got to come to church. They were dancing at church. Hey, 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 hey. You know what I'm saying? Church is lit, right? Like, yo, I love your church. What are we doing after? We just eat. We're going to go eat. All we do is eat. It's a habit. Fashion designers have admitted that all the mediums have all become smalls. They don't make small shirts anymore. They, they've taken medium and, and labeled it small and made every size bigger. Because America's getting obese. We're getting big. 75% of all men in America are considered obese. And, and it's, it's wild because that's just what we do. We, we eat. We sleep. We watch. We do. We eat. We sleep. We watch. We do. Listen, habits make terrific friends and terrible enemies. That's what they do. Habits make terrific friends. You have a good habit. That's a, your best friend. 
Some, some of y'all, you're fighting for the come to church habit. You're fighting for that one. And then you have terrible enemy habits. And, and we're, we're, we're fighting. This is the scariest statistic. Duke University, they concluded 40% of your actions in a week are all habitual. Meaning, half of your week next week, you're not even going to think about it. You're just going to do it. Because that's your habit. That's how your mind works, if you didn't know this. Your mind takes something you've done a bunch of times, and it just does it so you can store energy to think about other things. That's why when you do something for the first time, you need to focus. And if you've done it a bunch of times, you can just multitask. For example, you've been driving somewhere for the first time, and you're like, guys, lower the, lower the music, put the windows up, stop talking. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm at right now. Like, have you ever been somewhere for the first time? How, how many times did you oh, U-turn? Oh, my God, where am I going? Where do you live? All my friends live in Poinciana. What the heck? I'm like, what the? Where are we going? Is that a cow? Past the cow? Is that an elephant? Say hi to the elephant. Just went to a natural zoo. Where do you live? Village 7? Why are you living in a village? I don't get it. Village? Why is it called village? I mean... Go to your friend, go to your friend's house 30 times. Come on, you can go with your blindfold. You can go with the windows down, music pop. You're talking, you're chatting. It's because when you do something so much, your mind doesn't even think about it. How many times have you gone home from work and you literally opened the door to leave and you're like, did I just drive 30 minutes? <laughs> or like you almost home, you had a red light, and you're like, whoa, what just happened? Your mind did that without you even thinking. That's how your mind is built. We are creatures of habit. That's what we do. Your mind is trying to store energy. Your mind is trying to move forward. And that's amazing. Write this down. Habits are powerful. Habits are powerful. And what I believe is the Lord showed me this tonight to show you tonight that habits lead to things that are both good and evil based off what the habit is. That's, that's, that's it right there. I'm going to give you something. The longer you do something, the harder it is to stop. The longer you fold, the harder it is to rip. The longer you do something. And, and so many young people abandoned God in their youth. When they have a chance to rip an easy habit, they abandoned God in their youth. And they assume, one day when I'm 40 and 50, I'll give God my life. One day when I'm 60, one day when it's time to settle down, I'll become a regular church person. But you're going to show up to the feet of the cross with all these habits that are pushing you away from God. But why not, while we're young, tear these habits apart while we have the chance? Did you know this? Every time, this is me, I go to the, go to the fridge, I grab too much. Again, all we do is eat. I got too much in my hands. The door's kind of open. Anybody kick the door open? Is that... Kick it close? Anybody kick it close? I mean, you know, the kid in play. <laughs> I'm going to kick it. You, did you know that they, they actually study this? People are so weird. Well, people are bored, right? They said, they said, hey, every time that you kick the fridge door closed, you kick it the same way every time. With the same amount of force, at the same angle. I mean, you do it the same way every single time. Your mind has it as a habit. You're doing it the same way. You don't even know it. Until you go to your friend's house and you close their fridge. Boom! Like, oh, my goodness! Oh, you slammed my fridge for it, bro! 
I don't know what came over me, man. I just did it. I don't know. That's because you slammed your door at your house. I dropped, I dropped my friend off the other day, and he's about to leave. I'm going back down. Love you, man. Wait for him to close the door. I mean, this man probably, like, just did one of these. Woo! My heart shook a little bit. I was just, boom! I was like, gosh! I hate that guy! I'm looking through the rear view. I'm like, what? He's like, bye. I'm like, no. You don't slam your door like that. I told him later. I was like, I texted him. You just freaking slammed my door, bro. What's wrong with you? Sorry, man. Your door is lighter than mine. His door is literally heavier than my door. So he just, he just didn't even, come on, there's so much we're doing. We don't even know we're doing it. So many people were hurting. We don't even know. It's just our habit of being rude. It's just a habit of being feisty. It's just a habit of being stingy. It's just a habit of cheating. It's just a habit of just not doing what we're supposed to do and people are getting hurt. Come on, we're, we're digging our own grave. But, man, what if we look towards God and say, Lord, I'm going to set new habits that glorify your name. I'm going to set new habits that are in line with what you want me to do. It says in John chapter 8, verse 34 through 38, Jesus says this, I tell you the most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in that dead end life, in fact, maybe even a slave to it. If you choose it, come on, if you walk in the habit, if you strive in the habit, you will live for that habit. And you will become a slave to it. Habits make terrific friends and terrible enemies. But here's what I want the, the idea to switch. I want the habit to switch. I want, I want my, my, my good habits to, to wrestle with my bad habits. You see, this is, this is the maturity of a believer. When Instead of you going with the flow, something happens inside of you where there becomes friction. This is when you start to grow as a believer, when you see your habits battling with your godly habits. Hey, hey, we're going to go out tonight and smoke and drink. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that because I have this habit on Friday nights that I worship God all night. And I stay in the presence of God all night. Hey, 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 wait, we're going to do this. We're going to do Hey, we're, it's time to gossip about these people. No, no, no. I'm in a new habit of being generous. I'm in a new habit of being loving to people. I'm in a new habit of placing people before me. That's the maturity of a believer is when you start walking in new habits so your old habits begin to fight against each other. That's the friction that God causes peace in your life. You see, sometimes we, we just say, God, I want you to just reach heaven over to the worldly habits that I have. Lord, what I want you to do is, this is not funny, Lord, what I want you to do is reach over to my world of habits and fix some things. But what I want to challenge us tonight is to have habits that provoke heaven. Establish some habits that provoke heaven. Habits of prayer and fasting and worship. Habits that provoke the very presence of God. Because here's the thing. You can have a habit and you'll wake up one day and say, what the heck am I addicted to? I can't break this thing. And you live with the consequences. Shallow relationships. Come on, just it's a real... A lot of weird things going on in the fam. I mean, it's just so much that you've wrapped up yourself in habits. And you wake up into situations. You may walk into situations trying to change the habit, and everyone knows you for that habit, so you're already excluded. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a mean person trying to walk up to a group. Whoa. It's like a mean person. This is not a habit. <laughs> Bad joke, sorry. It's like a mean person trying to walk into a group of nice people, and they know you're mean. 
So everyone's just like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to be good. Listen, you have a habit of being ratchet. (laughs) Jesus died for the ratchet. Come on, somebody. You have a habit of being mean to me. And you're waking up into a life that you're saying, God, what is going on? And God's like, look at your habits. Look at the thing you've done every single day up until now. And you're expecting the world to flip around because you got Jesus. Listen, now that you got me, let's start establishing some new habits. A lot of us coming to the church, God, what is my life going to change? Let's start walking in this change. Let's start battling our old habits with new heavenly habits. Jesus had a habit. Did you know that? Jesus had a lot of habits. He had a habit of being awesome. I want that habit. He just walked up to people. People was like, yo, here's my dead son. What's up, bro? I was like, all right, you know. No, I'm playing, but, but Jesus... In Luke 5, 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and, play, and pray and play. <laughs> Jesus had a habit of slipping into the wilderness and praying. That's, that's what the Bible says he often did, often. And, and, and so many people, so many scholars look at the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they say, man, there's so many gaps of time. Like Jesus was this old and he was that old and he was this old. But listen, when you look at the Bible and you see that Jesus was always praying and every Sabbath he was in the synagogue, I think that kind of brings the timeline together. Jesus had a habit of being in the house of God. Jesus had a habit of being in the church. There's a small happening when he was younger. You know, Mary and Joseph, they have one job. It's to take care and grow and make sure that the Savior of the world, Jesus, makes sure he lives an all right life, all right? So jo- Joseph's, you know, he, he's working with the wood. You know, he's a handyman, and he's, he's doing his thing, you know, supplying. And, and Mary's over here, you know, chasing Jesus around. Jesus is so crazy. Jesus is so crazy. That's my gospel version of the Bible. Anyways, bad joke. All right, cool. No more jokes. So Jesus is super young. Jesus goes missing. And imagine, like, God looking at Mary like, you serious? I give you one kid? You know what I'm saying? That's why I really believe Mary was Puerto Rican. Just lo- loses her children all the time. So God's looking at Mary, and he's like, Mary, I gave you one child. How do you, how do you lose a baby? He can talk. He can walk. I mean, like, he's breathing. Like, if you, so I can, marry, I can imagine Mary, Jesus, Jesus, you know, Jesus. If Mary had a list, Jesus, right? I can imagine her banging on doors. You seen Jesus, you seen Jesus. You seen Jesus? Have anyone seen Jesus? I can imagine a moment she walks into the church and sees Jesus there just chilling while all the people worshiping God. And what the Bible says that Jesus looks at, at Mary and says, woman, don't ever try that to your mom. He said, I'm in the house of God. Why are you going to look for me? I'm in my father's business. One thing you can be assured, mommy and Bobby, you, you can trust that I'm going to be in the house of God. That's my habit. If I'm ever missing on the day of the Sabbath, what you can expect from me, my custom is to be in the house of God. That's why when we come in church, we come with just a little bit of faith. Come on, because we believe in the habit of God. We believe in the custom of Jesus Christ, that if we lift holy hands, come on, if we open up our mouth and worship him just a little bit, he inhabits in the praise of his people. Come on, he says we're two or three are gathered. I am there. Anybody love Jesus in this room tonight? That's what he does. That's his promise. That's his custom. That is his habit. He had habits. Always at church. Always in the house of God. Always dwelling amongst men and women full of faith. Man, if Jesus went to church, man, listen, you got to come to church. If Jesus prayed, how much more would we need to pray? It says in Matthew 14, 23, 
after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, by himself. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 1.35, in the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 4.42, when the day came, Jesus left, went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him. He came to him, and they tried to keep him from going away from them. He was trying to leave and pray. Matthew 6, 5 and 6, Jesus says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, that is their reward right there in full. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees you for what you have done in secret will reward you. Make it a habit. Here's some good habits to keep. Ready? Here's some good habits to keep. Make it a habit to be generous. Anybody taking notes tonight? Anybody taking notes tonight? Come on, let's write that down. I'm going to make it a habit to be generous. I'm going to be. I'm going to make it a habit that what what comes to me flows through me. I'm going to make it a habit. Hear that. What comes to me flows through me. Listen to me, church. You're going to begin to see the blessings of God when you start living generous. And you're like, how does that make sense? John, please, some pat. How does that make sense? How how does that make sense that if I give, God's going to give me? How does that make sense? If I give, I'm going to receive more. I don't get it. I don't get it. Let me explain it to you. See, see, God needs the church to be generous. God needs the church to be well. God, God wants to do so much through our church. You have no idea. I, I forgot the number. I believe we're in the thousands of people that New Birth put food in their hands last year. In the thousands on a weekly basis in this room. Hundreds of families come into this room, and there's bags. It looks so beautiful. Bags of groceries all over the room. And we give moms and dads who can't afford to buy food, we give them six to seven bags of groceries. Every Monday, we do that through your giving. I know Kevin was making a couple jokes tonight. He looked awesome, right, doing generosity. That's a serious moment for you to take and to run with God. Say, I'm going to start a new habit. I'm going to give to God. See, 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 God wants to put something in your hand, and, and this is why some of us, we, we've received, but we stopped receiving. It's why some of us, we've been blessed, but we're not living most blessed. It's, it's why we've been prospering, but we're not prosperous. It's because we're not living a life of generosity. You see, when God gives you something, God doesn't want you to hold it. Because when he tries to give you more, it's going to bounce off your hand. But man, but what if we live a life of generosity? Lord, whatever you put in my hand is going to people, Lord. How much more can God put through you when you're living a life of generosity? When you're living, the Bible says that the, the, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But the world of the generous grows larger and larger every day. Come on, let's make it a habit this year of being generous. And Lord, I don't have all the money in the world, but Lord, if you give me an opportunity to be generous, I'm going to be generous. Imagine the fruit of generosity. Imagine, because you see, every habit has fruit. Every habit has fruit. A habit, a habit of, 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 of this or that gives, gives you addiction and consequences. What's, 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 the, what's the reaping process of being generous? Come on. Living in the abundance that God wants for you. Come on. Who, who's going to make a habit of being generous? Who, who can't wait to be generous next time we have the opportunity to? Let's live a life of generosity. Here's another one. Let, let's live a life. Let's live a life of optimism. 
Just be optimistic. Come on, can we sow that into the world just a little bit? Come on, can believers start being optimistic again? Can we walk into the world saying, listen, I don't know how God's going to do something, but I know he's going to do something. I don't know how and when God's going to work, but if he did it before, he's going to do it again. Listen, you shouldn't be smiling. I'm not smiling based off my circumstances. I'm smiling based off who my God is. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic this year. I'm going to make that a habit. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm walking with Jesus. I have a reason to be happy. Depression is a habit that we've been holding on too long. Listen, if you are in Jesus, there's no room for depression, anxiety. Toss it out. God is with you. And peace is over you. Let's, let's, let's make it a habit of being optimistic. Let's make a habit of, of being punctual and being on time. Come on, come on. We're on time for work. We're on time for all this. Lord, Lord I want to get to the place where I see you as the highest standard. Lord, I, I can't miss a, a work meeting. I, I can't miss a church meeting. Lord, I want you to be bigger than everything that I do. I want you to be number one. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be respectful of people's time. I'm going to show, come on, that's a great habit for 2018. And you wonder why you're 60 and you're not punctual. It's because you've created a habit. You're just so used to being like, 7 o'clock, it starts 830, I'm leaving. It's just built in you. Because every single time you're presented with the opportunity, your mind goes on default like you got 15 more minutes. It's just what happens. Your body is we're creatures of habit. Man, let's set new habits. Come on, let's be punctual. Let's be generous. Let's be optimistic. Let's be, come on, here's another one. Let's, 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 let's have habits of prayer. Listen, don't set, don't set a habit that's too high for you to reach. I'm going to pray 30 hours today. There's not 30 hours in a day. There's only 20 after social media. 15 after Netflix. Listen, I'm not going to pray 30 hours. I'm going to pray three minutes today. Three minutes. You, you finish the three minutes. I'm going to pray five minutes. Five minutes is 15 minutes. You've been an hour in your car crying and worshiping and praying. And now that's a habit. And now every day you wake up like, Lord, I love you so much. You're not waiting for a blessing to bless him. You're not waiting for a moment to be generous. You're not waiting for an experience to love him. But that is who you are. We should love God for who he is. He never changes. He stays the same. My worship and my habits should stay the same. Make it a habit of coming to church every single week this year. Lord, I can't go a week without you, Lord. I can't go a week. I can't go a moment. Come on, let's, let's make habits of prayer. Here's another one. Let's make it a habit of fasting. Fasting is putting something on pause and putting Jesus on play. Fast, come on, let's fast some things that, we're, that we have habits with. Let's fast those things. Let's fast them. Read to you another verse, Luke 4, 16. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. The verse says, that was his custom. That's what he did. Come on, how, how many of us are going to start setting new habits? Come on, come on, raise your hand just a little bit if you want to start setting new habits and walking in a new life. Walking, come on! I, I, this is what I, I can't wait for this to happen. I really can't wait for this to happen. That in the summer of this year, we're, we were going to start reaping the habits that we sown today. We're going to wake up and start to see things just a little bit better. Come on, we're going to wake up to a future that God has for us that we are in the process of creating right now. Come on, let's make new habits. Make new habits. We've never done this before. Everyone pull out their notes right now. Pull your phone out. Pull up the notes. 
I want you to write down three habits. Come on, ask God to lead you right now. Three habits you're going to start making every single day. Every single one of us. Pull your phone out. Come on, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that the words that we write are not coming back void. Come on, if you're a friend, don't don't feel forced to do this. But, man, if you're, if you're a believer, you, you've been here every week. Come on, you, you call this your home. Pull your phone out. Let's write three habits. That we're going to have every single day, Lord, I'm going to be on time. Lord, I'm going to be a prayer warrior, Lord. I'm going to set goals. Lord, I'm going to be a worshiper, Lord. I'm not going to live based off my feelings. I'm going to live based on my beliefs, Lord. Come on, set three goals right now, three habits that we're going to start living in. Come on, set them and believe them. Set them right now and believe them. I'll give you a little bit more time. Come on, three habits we're going to start living with every single day. Come on, everybody in the room, media team, everybody, write three habits. Every, this is for everybody. Three habits. Every leader, come on, write three habits. Three habits. Three godly habits. See, here's the thing. I, I, what I believe, we are going to start walking into a new rhythm of life. A new rhythm. A new rhythm. I can't wait to the gets. I can't wait to the point. This is awesome. I can't wait till, till we get to a place where we look at our old habits and it's kind of hard to do those old habits. I can't wait till we get to the place where we look at our old way of living and the rhythms that we used to walk in and we look at it in a glimpse. Maybe we even given an opportunity to walk back into it and we look at it and say, wow, because of everything that I put into place, because of the faith that I put in Jesus in the little, because of the habits that I put into work, Lord, these things that used to be appealing, Lord, these things that I used to run to, Lord, these things I used to rely on, Lord, these things I used to cling to, they are no longer pleasing, Lord. I am living a life with habits that are for heaven. Every head bow, every eye closed all over this room tonight. Everybody sit still, right where you are. Nobody move an inch. Come on, right there. Every, every head bow, every eye closed. Jesus is in this room tonight. He's make it a habit to love you. God is saying right now, you think I stopped loving you? You think I ever forget about you? I never stopped loving you. I never stopped thinking about you. If you're a friend or guest in here tonight, you've been wondering, what is this feeling you're experiencing? What is this What is this thing deep down in your heart? Listen, that is the very presence and Holy Spirit of God. He's tugging at your heart. See, all over this place, every head by every eye closed, everyone's still. Everyone's still. If you want to make a decision tonight to say yes to Jesus for the very first time, the Bible says, listen, the moment of salvation is right now. Do not let it pass you by. So I don't know when you're going to get this opportunity. I don't know. You know, what your life kind of looks like. But what I know is that there's, you cannot go a moment without the salvation of Jesus Christ. You can't do it. Come on, make a decision tonight and love Jesus. If you want to make a choice tonight to say yes to Jesus, come on, die to yourself and say yes to Jesus. You want to get saved tonight. On the count of you, I'm actually just shoot your hand up unafraid, unashamed. Come on, let's start a new habit today that we're going to start being honest. Come on, if you want to make a decision to say yes to Jesus right now, shoot your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three, all over this place. You want Jesus, shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up. Come on, unafraid. Come on, I have one hand, two hand, three hand, four hand, five hands, six hands. Amen. Put your hands down. Put your hands down. Come on. Church, can we lift the person next to you? Come on, can we grab a hand and stand up? Come on, all over this room. Grab the hand person next to you, left and right, left and right. Come on, all over this place. All over this place. Grab the hands next to you. pray together. Six friends tonight said yes to Jesus. Listen, if you raised your hand, 
Listen to me, listen to me. The enemy, there's an enemy to your soul. The devil, he, he's after you. He's, he's, he's prowling like a roaring lion, the Bible says. But when you are covered with the grace and blood of Jesus, nothing, no, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Listen, you need to remain in the house of God. You need to get around a body of believers. You need to have some people that are going to point you towards your purpose. If you made that decision tonight and you rose your hand, listen, let's start making new habits of coming to church and being a person in the house of God. I promise you, in six months, five months, a month, you'll see amazing things happen in your life. See, the Bible says, if you want to be saved, all you need to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And right there, the blood of God, the blood of Jesus washes over you, and you are saved. It's too good to be true. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Church, can we pray together with our family tonight? Can we do that? Come on, someone shout, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it and you're hungry for his presence. Say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, in this moment, I bow myself to your will. Write my name in your book of life. I walk in your purpose for me. Jesus, I love you. God, I need you. Help me live a life that has heavenly habits. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody shout to God tonight.